Okay, party people, let's do this. Today I have electrolyte water, and I found out from TikTok that hot girls drink the same electrolyte water as me, LMNT. This is not an ad, but it is good. It's like the first electrolyte water that I've liked. I like the citrus salt. Oh my God, is this podcast turning into everything else that's out there that's just encouraging us to buy things? Buy, 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 buy things. Let's not. Let's just not. Let's make your own electrolyte water. All you need is Himalayan salt, a little bit of lemon, maybe a little bit of honey, and some trace minerals that you can get at usually health stores. I'm not going to say the big one because we've all given them too much money. Oh my God, I'm on a rant already. Welcome to Totally Normal, where you realize that everything you're going through is probably normal. You're probably totally normal. So hang out with me today. We're going to talk about some of my favorite topics, actually. Love and PMS and hormones. So that's what we got today. I am going to answer a listener question and I am going to share way too much information about my personal life. So let's do it. If you have a question, please email the totally normal show at gmail.com. T-H-E, oh no, I can't spell the whole thing out. The totally normal show at gmail.com, but it has to have the in it. The, the, the totally normal show at gmail.com. Write me your questions. Write me your love life questions, your personal questions, or just ask me whatever you want me to talk about and I will talk about it. So I got a message on Facebook the other day. It was very, very sweet. It was from a newer friend and she said that her boyfriend sent her an episode of my podcast that I had with Robbie, How to Be an Okay Person. He would be so sad if I didn't remember the name of the podcast. Y'all, I'm getting my period any minute. I know you don't want to know all about it, but I'm telling you some of it, and some of it is memory loss. The hormones are off today, but don't worry. I'm not going to make you pay like I did on that last podcast that was like a a monologue about my anxiety. Anyway, she was referencing this podcast. I did a podcast with Robbie, my husband now, How to Be an Okay Person, um, and we did a whole episode on the hormones, and I was going through all the different things that I was trying to get a handle on my PMS And she was asking, what of those things am I still doing? And I was like, that's a great question. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's a blast from the past. I have no idea what I sound like on there. I personally can never go back and listen to my own voice on anything audio recorded ever. So I don't remember everything that I said, but I do remember I was drinking herbs from the acupuncturist and I believe they included some kind of feces. Okay, so I'm not actually doing any more feces, but I am doing acupuncture herbs for sure. And in fact, I've kind of got fell fell off the back. Ba- I fell off the wagon the last couple months, and so I just emergency emailed my acupuncturist this morning saying, "Can you please make me some herbs for my menstrual cycle?" And now Robbie's on his way to go get them for me because I think he'd rather go do something for me than listen to me complain about my symptoms. <laughs> I think the herbs really make a difference more than I even believe in the needles. I know acupuncture itself is helpful, but I'm like, is it helpful because it's a beautiful nap or is it helpful because the chi is actually moving more? I think it's, I think it really is the subtle body. And I think female cycle, menstrual cycle is a lot about, yes, the gross body, like the blood and the uterine lining and all the around the egg. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. But the subtle body, I think is a really big part of it. And the only thing I know about energy field right around our body, I think that's what the subtle body is. I don't, I've never done an energy training. Can you tell? I think, I think acupuncture really gets me into that 
more connected to myself place with the subtle body. What am I even talking about? What the freak am I talking about? Subtle body. Oh my God. I don't know you guys. I don't know what acupuncture does, but I think it helps. It's one of those in the category of, I think it helps. And I think the herbs really help. I don't know what's in my herbs. I don't even ask anymore. I just know that when I take them, I get my cycle on the exact day that I like one or two days. And when I don't take them, everything's stalled and I'm cranky and I feel it. I feel dry and shriveled right now. My period is about to take everything that is good about me and take it away out to sea. My personality, my bones, my blood, my energy levels, like it's all getting sucked slowly out of me. That's how I feel. So hopefully the herbs, I think the herbs like give me some, get the chi going again. That's my hypothesis. I still believe in tracking. I use a different app these days. Tracking is really, really helpful because sometimes get things get off and I always forget. It's the most cliche thing to say about your cycles. Like, you know, I've had a period for 30 years and I still forget every time it comes, but I truly do half the time. So I still track. And then the other thing that I'm just starting to get into, and maybe I was talking about this on the podcast 5 million years ago, but there's different kinds of workouts and exercise habits for your different phases of your cycle. So there's four phases. Think of your menstrual cycle as the seasons of the year. So there's spring, there's summer, there's fall, there's winter. I did a whole like two hour talk about this on Facebook live once and it was it's complex, but because I talked about your menstrual cycle for every Enneagram type. Oh my God. So if you're an Enneagram person or a cycle nerd, I have a lot of things to say about this. But basically, there's four phases to your menstrual cycle. I think of them as seasons. Okay, so I'm in luteal, luteal phase right now. I'm about to get my period, otherwise known as PMS. It's also known as fall. Then the menstrual phase, the bleeding phase, is winter. That's where everything gets emptied out. It's done. It's over. Everything dies. The egg dies. No baby. No fun. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm really trying to rework my wiring around the menstrual cycle. It's just a time of release. Winter is a beautiful time of release, introspection. I'm serious. I'm Okay, now I'm getting really serious, you guys. We need to be nice to our menstrual cycle. Mostly I do. Then you go into spring, follicular phase. You grow the, the follicle grows the egg or whatever. The follicular finds the egg. I don't, oh my God. Follicular phase, spring. And then ovulation. Ovulation is summer. So think of like your biggest energy. It's, it's big. And sometimes ovulation causes you to feel crazy like summer does. So that's how I think of my menstrual cycle. And so there's different types of exercise at different phase. Menstrual phase, winter is about long walks. Probably not at a beach. I wish I was on a beach right now. Follicular phase, spring and ovulation, summer is time of more higher impact, higher intensity, cardio, big exercises, classes, strength training. And then luteal phase is where you start to wean off into like more, wait, that's when you're supposed to do strength training, I think, but also like tone it down, yoga, you know, gentle, and then menstrual is really, really gentle. So I have been wanting to get into that and I've been working on that. And then what you eat for each stage of your cycle similar to the seasons. Sometimes fruit is good in the summer. It's not great in the winter. It's not, it's not a good, you know, you want heavier things in the winter. So same with menstrual cycle. I think you can think it's really, really important to eat your dark, dark leafy greens, your iron rich foods when you're in your luteal phase and menstrual phase. And then you can have a little bit more fun in the other phases. So eating, exercising based on your phase. I always think working based on your phase. Socializing, I think should go according to the phase. 
and tracking and acupuncture herbs. Those are my main things. And then drinking so much water. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Tell me, email me, email the totally normal show at gmail.com. Email me what you're doing for your menstrual cycle. What's helping? What's feeling good? Oh, new thing that my friend reminded me of. There's also the whole spiritual side called the blood mysteries. People are trying to get women back into free bleeding, right? And so I cannot really sign off on free bleeding out in the world. It's too much for me. But my friend reminded me to free bleed at night. Okay, this is where we're going into the phase of the podcast that this is not for everybody's ears. Or is that my own just like internalized patriarchal view on the menstrual cycle, probably gross. Anyway, so free bleeding, like get a bunch of towels, maybe even a waterproof layer and then a towels and let yourself lay on the towels and sleep. Well, the first night I tried that, I gave myself like one towel and then I was like scared of not being on the towel and then I would like roll around and then the like it was kind of messy. I don't really know how to do it. I think it is important to just like let yourself not have any anything, not have any substances inside you. Also, so much of the organic tampons out there are BS. They are BS. I downloaded that app, Think Dirty, which tells you the basically the toxic load of like all the beauty products. And some of the organic, like non-dyed tampons from Target are off the charts toxic. It's so gross. I use reusable pads, but some of them are not cozy enough. And then you got to be careful what other things you use because of the bleach and the dyes and the chemicals and the stuff that organic tampons don't have to pass certain tests. It's such BS. It's gross. I feel like my S's are so pronounced today. I feel like a snake. I feel like that snake on um, Jungle Book snaking around in the jungle. Okay. So that's my news about my menstrual cycle. You know more about my cycle than you probably thought you were going to learn about on this podcast. Okay, but before I peace out, let's ask let's answer a listener question. I really liked this question. I have so much to say also about the Enneagram and types and what types should look what types should date other types and what they should look for. Like, I was thinking about it the other day. Let me just let me just tell you about the Enneagram dating thing. So I have a whole YouTube video about it. It's my most popular YouTube video. And I'm going to I need to say something to women who are looking for a man. So this is heterosexual women who are single and are dating. Here are my tips. Okay, so if you're an Enneagram 7 like me, you need to accept disappointment, not anger or hatred of men. No, no, no. We Nobody can do that one and still want to be in a relationship with a man. I don't care what you say. If you don't like men, you are not going to be with a man. That's just how it goes. They can feel it from a mile away. So I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking specifically about the sevens fear of disappointment and fear of missing out. You need to be ready to be disappointed and miss out. Do not let your fear of being sad stop you. So if you meet a guy and he's great, but he's a little sad, you should keep dating him as long as he's going to therapy. Am I right? Okay. If you're a nine, you get a free pass. You can date anybody. I mean, don't date. I mean, also everyone. Everyone listen up. Don't date a narcissist because you will get sucked dry. So you can't you can't date somebody that is so, so obsessed with themselves. I'm not talking about a, a healthy, confident person, which people are saying that that's narcissism. That's not narcissism. I'm not talking about somebody who's doing their own thing and like living their own life. That's not narcissism. That's called healthy independence. All guys who are just totally nuts 
and totally full of themselves and are not kind, let's just cut all of those out. Okay. So I'm not talking about those guys. So nines can do whatever they want. Sixes can do whatever they want. That's just like the gift of being a more like reasonable Enneagram type. (laughs) Okay. Ones have to not be too judgmental. You cannot look for the perfect person. He does not exist. I don't care if your friends have somebody perfect or you see celebrities or you or your parents think you can date somebody perfect. He is not out there. And if you project that like, oh, my God, you're my perfect person onto them, they feel suffocated and trapped. So all of my Enneagram one girlies, you got to let go of the perfect man, ideal man. You got to date somebody a little bit more regular that you have judgments about and then just work your judgments in therapy. Do not bring the judgments to him. If you really want to be in a committed partnership, you're just going to have to marry somebody that doesn't meet your criteria because nobody really deep down will. Okay. And then go for somebody funny and loving and light who's just going to be so sweet to you even when your inner critic is going. Okay. That also goes for a three. For a three, Date somebody really sweet, really down to earth, really grounded, really supportive, who's not going to give you a hard time and is not going to add to your narrative that you're flawed in any way. Okay, so ones and threes, you got to go out and date a really sweet, grounded, great guy. And you're going to have judgments about him and you're going to have to work on those judgments if you want to be in a relationship. Twos, you should date somebody bossy, but not too bossy. Fours, You can date anybody, but you can never expect to feel totally understood by your partner. You cannot bring that in unless you date another four and then you guys can go to town on understanding each other. But you either got to find a four or you got to let it go. Let it go that nobody gets you. I'm, I'm joking. I'm kind of joking. But like really like people don't have this depth and the slowness and the intensity that you have and they're not going to get it that's okay be in your own world world and let people come to you for visits and but don't expect that anyone is going to like fully fully understand you f- full time for the rest of your life you got to be okay being okay on your own in your own little world you have to be okay being alone but not too alone. Don't get too crazy. Like our fives. If you're a five and you're listening to this podcast, I'm so sorry for all the ways that I'm um, not explaining everything perfectly. <laughs> and I'm taking lots of shortcuts. Fives, you should just date anybody. You should date anybody. But but nobody that's going to be limiting of your freedom. You got to also watch out for people that take advantage of how much freedom you give. So you need to watch out for crazy people, people that are addicted to substances, especially people that are wild and crazy. That might be really thrilling to a five and really exciting, but you got to make sure that that's not then taking away from your peace. Your peace needs to be a little interrupted, but like don't trade freedom for secure attachment. I'm just making this up. Okay, sixes, you can do whatever you want. You're you're good. Oh, I mean, sixes, you got to not be get too anxious. You got to really breathe, 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 breathe. Take really deep breaths and do not cling when there is space. Space is a normal part of dating, a normal part of relationship. Don't cling. Deep breaths and then do something else. Don't focus on it too much. Eights, I mean, eights, you have to show up with your heart. You just have to show them your vulnerability, not argue with them at all at all times. It's not fun. Got to lean into your more soft underbelly. So obvious, it's like the most classic eight coaching, but or or you got to date somebody who wants to be bossed around a lot and wants to be led and don't 
be mean to them about that. Just appreciate how balanced that could be for you. And then give people some space. Eight's got to give people some space, give some people space to digest and have their feelings. And they're not as efficient. They're not as fast. They're not as bold, but like give them some time and some space. And then nines, like I said, you can date anyone you want. You guys are real good at getting into relationships. Let's see. Okay. Nines, nines, nines. I mean, nines just have to be careful not to get abused. Nines just have to remember to bring desire into it, not just respond to everything that the other person wants and initiates. You got to bring your own firepower to it. Oh my goodness. I did not mean to go into a full Enneagram rant. Write to me if you're in a couple and or you're dating somebody, write to me your Enneagram type and we can we can figure it out. One of the things that I notice is like I'm I'm fairly uncomfortable with conflict from my own upbringing. Like conflict is just I I freak out and I and I sort of freeze in the face of it and I want to understand it more because if I understand it more then I think I can breathe through it more. And so I look up relationship combos all the time in conflict because it really helps me figure out the maps of what's going on. It normalizes conflict for everybody. Conflict is so normal. It's so, so, so normal. It's so normal to have hard feelings in relationship. And I just grew up in a a family that did not, we did not do well with conflict. We really did not do well with conflict. Voided it at all costs, or it would be like explosive and way overly emotional. And like, you know, I didn't feel very regulated in the face of conflict. So I've had to learn a lot about it. I always look up Enneagram combos when people are in relationships to just remind them that their conflict is totally normal. And there's like millions of people doing the same dance out there. And here's, you know, here's the growth path for each person. My main thing for couples, and maybe I got this from my couples therapist, it just makes sense to me is that both people in a conflict have to grow both people. I've been in relationships where it's like, it's on me to grow or it's on you to grow. It never feels good. That feels very parental and weird. In a healthy relationship, I think in a sticky moment, it's on both people to dig deeper, to find the love, find the best next step forward, and to just keep trying and keep on swimming. There has to be a commitment to that. Otherwise, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So Enneagram is a great way to kind of be like, oh, we're both kind of, so... All right, what's the growth path for me? For me, seven, it's like to slow down and feel my feelings and be vulnerable. And it's kind of like eight too, but. Okay, everybody. That's a wrap on this week. I'm going to save my listener question for next week. Write in. I will answer it next time. For all of my hormonal women out there, good luck. For all my women who don't have a regular period anymore, I see you. I hear you. I know phases are a total shit show sometimes. And for all my Enneagram nerds, write to me your combo. I want to hear how your relationship's going, like what's awesome about it, what's hard about it. Or if you're dating somebody or like you've dated, you're getting over your ex, what Enneatype were they? And if you don't know about the Enneagram, oh my God, it's a whole personality test and I'm not even going to explain it. I think I've explained it on so many YouTube videos that I'm not going to do it. I love you all. I hope you know that you are not only totally normal for all your relationship little irks and irritations, but you are a beautiful, unique soul. There is only one you. There really is. I I, I thought about this at the fire I went to um, the other night when I was at a, and we were reflecting on moments in our life. And your life is a series of all your moments. Nobody else. Nobody else has that. Even if you're having a bad day, that's okay. You're going to have a good day at some point and that's going to be one of your life moments and it's all making up you, 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 individually you, magical, unique, only one of you. All right, everybody. I hope you have a really, really good week. I will see you next week. Mwah. 